The Father Brown Stories by G.K. Chesterton. We present The Hammer of God, adapted by John Scotney, with Andrew Sachs as Father Brown. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Who is it? Can I help you? Uh, uh, oh, oh, I'm not this way. I didn't see you up there. I'll come down. I'm the rector here at St. Ah. Cuthbert's. Uh, uh, Berdrick is my name. Wilfred Berdrick. Uh, how do you do, Mr. Um, it's what I must say. It is magnificent. You're rude lost, I mean. So few survived in England, and the roundheads were so strong in these parts. How oh, that carving, um, filigree work, you call it? It's, it's yes, it, it is rather fine. Yes. I often go out there to pray. Uh, to pray? Up there, above the aisle? Well, you can look down on the whole church and... A building as noble as this, what should glorify God in all its parts? Indeed. Yes, I'm sorry I interrupted your devotion. No, no, I, I just finished saying Evensong to myself, alone as usual. Vespers, I prefer to call it. Oh. This is an old priory church, you know, and I, I like to keep the old monastic hours of prayer day. All of them? Surely. All. Prime, terse, sex, gnomes, vespers, compline. Oh, and matins at midnight. And and lords? Oh, no, not lords. But then, latterly, neither did the monks. Two o'clock in the morning is a little inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> we don't see many Romans in these parts, Father. Oh, Brown, I'm sorry, Father Brown. Well, I've been staying with my sister over at Bungie, and as I had a week to spare, I thought I'd follow the old pilgrim route to Our Lady at Walsingham. Ah, I heard some of your people have revived the shrine. What, uh, ten years ago? Yes, yes, March 1897, actually. There can't be much left of the Abbey. How does it go? Um, bitter, bitter to behold the grass to grow where the walls of Walsingham so stately did show. Indeed, yes. Yes, yes, your priory here wasn't the only one to be dismantled by, um, <clears throat> pardon me, the founder of the Anglican Church. It must have been quite a place to have a chapel like this. It's superb. Some people do say the tower is disproportionately tall. Oh. It was completely rebuilt in the 14th century. The monks made a fortune out of the wool trade, hence uh, St. Cuthbert's, the shepherd's patron, uh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. But then my family did well out of it, too. Your family? My brother is a local squire. Ah. We go back a long way. Uh, look, would you like me to show you around the church? Oh, well, very much. Oh, yes. good. Well, but uh, 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 tomorrow, if possible, I, I really ought to find somewhere to stay first. Oh, well, there's only the blue boar. It's simple, but clean. And Thurston, the landlord's a good sort. Oh, good, good. There's a shortcut out of the west door, then through the blacksmith's yard, which immediately abuts on it. I'll, I'll show you. Oh, thank you, sir. I hope you'll be comfortable here, Father. We don't no. have many visitors. Yes. It's a quiet village. Not much ever happens. Thank you, Mrs. Thurston. Thank you. I'm sure it will be perfect. Uh, the rector spoke very highly oh, of Mr. you. Oh, Mr. Burdrick. He's a good man. A little strange in his ways, but a good man. 
Not like his brother. Oh, his brother? The squire. Supper will be at half past seven, father, if that suits you. Oh, yes, thank you so much. Thank you. A very good evening to you, Rector. Evening, Rector, I said. Well, Fred, oh. not a word for your own brother. That's a, that's a bit unchristian for a parson, isn't so, it? So, Norman, what in heaven's name are you doing sitting outside the blue boar in the dark? <laughs> oh, I see. You're having your last drink on Tuesday night or your first drink on Wednesday morning? What? That midnight striking, was it? Well, that's a nice scholastic point, isn't it, Mr. Monk? I'm surprised, Thurston, that you say drinking so late. Surprised, Wilfred. I surprised. Since, as head of our distinguished and ancient family, I own a damned inn, like the rest of the whole stinking village, they will stay serving me as long as I damn well please. Good night, Norman. All you're off to pray in your precious church, Yes. You're a strange one, Wilfred. Always praying in odd places and at odd times. Unless, of course, you're off to see Mrs. Barnes. What do you mean? Very convenient for you, that place being banged next door to the church, and the beauteous Mrs. Barnes being so accommodating. Don't sully me with your own filth, Norman. Well, if the parson won't go to comfort a lonely member of his flock, then, like the good landlord I am... I must watch sleeplessly over my people. I'm off to pay a call on Mrs. Barnes myself. Norman. Yes? Are you never afraid of thunderbolts? Why, this sudden interest in meteorology, dear brother. I mean, do you never think a god might strike you in the streets? <laughs> you and your fairy tales. <laughs> if you do not fear God... You've good reason to fear man. Ha! Barnes, the blacksmith, is the biggest and strongest man for 40 miles around. Half the village knows of your liaison with his wife. He's away until late tomorrow morning. I'll be out of his wife's bed long before that. Still, kind of you to warn me. Where's that bottle? And if he comes back unexpectedly? Why do you think I'm wearing father's old deer stalker? I don't know. Your taste in dress has always been bizarre, Norman, especially when you're drunk. <laughs> because underneath it is... There. The bassinet from the long gallery. That old helmet? <laughs> Norman, you're absurd. On the contrary. Unlike you, my interest in things medieval is purely practical. If Barnes turns up and tries to bit me on the head, the last of the Burdricks is protected by the armour of his forefathers. And Mrs. Barnes? She... And fend for herself. And so, Brother Wilfred, good night. Go on, pray, Parson, in some unlikely corner of your drafty church with its cold flint tower pointing at the moon. I've warmer work to do. Don't bother to pray for me. Oh, yes, Norman, there's a prayer for you. <laughs> Cursed are the unmerciful, fornicators <laughs> and adulterers. <laughs> Covetous persons, idolaters, slandering, drunkards, and extortioners. Amen. Sorry, I thought I'd come early. 
Now, it's such a beautiful morning, isn't it? And, and just to check that you really do celebrate Prime. Oh, well, I'm sure, <laughs> sure enough, sharp at six, here you were, Mr. Burdrick. <laughs> Burdrick, that's B-O-E-D, is it? It's a Saxon name, surely? Yes, yes, mm. it's... We were one of the few Saxon families allowed to keep our lands by the conqueror. Oh? Yes, it was said to be in recompense for my ancestor betraying Hereward the Wake to the Normans. Ah, If yes. so, it, it was an act not uncharacteristic of my family. Oh. My brother, I fear, is... Yes? Oh, I won't bore you with family matters. Oh, dear. Oh. Oh, dear. Who is that unfortunate creature? They call him Mad Joe. He's... Oh, poor fellow, he's the blacksmith's brother. I've not seen him in here before. The blacksmith's wife is a member of my congregation, but the blacksmith himself is a staunch nonconformist. Well, so is Joe, if he's anything. The family always has been right back to Puritan days. Would you excuse me, Father Branham? I must see if I can find out what he wants. Of course, of course I mustn't interfere with your pastoral duty. Uh, besides, I must get back to breakfast. Uh, Joe, Joe, what is it? That's what I like to see, a nice clean plate, Father. Were they all right then, the floaters? Oh, yes, delicious, Mrs. Thurston. Oh, it's in Cuthbert's earlier, were you? Well, the rectory seems to spend all his time there. Oh. When he's not praying, he's pottering about fixing the woodwork or something. Hey. His brother, the squire, say he care more about Gothic architecture than God. Oh, that reminds me. I must apologise to you for the squire's behaviour last night. Oh, he's got no. a coarse tongue on him, especially when he's in no, drink. No, and if you not don't... at all. No, I felt sorry for you. Toast, father. Your marmalade's all made. Come on, in. That's open. Mavis, let me use your telephone, will you? Ooh. I got a telephone headquarters. Hey, sorry, just... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you had company. Father Brown, this is Constable Barton. Um, Wait, what is it? What are we done? It's the squire. <gasps> What's he done this time? Nothing. No, never will do nothing again. <laughs> He's dead. Oh. Murdered by Simeon Barnes, oh. the blacksmith. Oh, yeah. oh, it's horrible. Oh, he had it coming to him, I say that. What, you catch Simeon, did you? Oh, no, no, he's disappeared, he has. But gives the cobbler, he found the squire in Simeon's yard. <laughs> He'd obviously, saving your presence, Reverend, just spent the night with Simeon's oh, missus. Wouldn't it be the first time? I reckon the blacksmith bumped into the squire this morning, on his way home from wherever he'd been. He sees the squire coming out of his house, puts two and two together, then on the spur of the moment, picks up a hammer and hits him. <laughs> it was done with a hammer. Still lying there, oh, it is. And it was definitely the blacksmith who did it? Oh, no question, Reverend. Hmm. Squire's skull is smashed to bits. Oh. Right gory mess it is. Oh, <laughs> no one round here has got the strength to do that, save Simeon oh. Barnes. And he's the man who had most reason for doing it. Right, stand back, please, folks. Inspector says no one's got to touch the body. Not as I reckon anybody would want to much status in. Oh, and Gibbs, he says you wasn't supposed to touch the ammo neither. He should be here soon, the Inspector. George Ruffin's got to meet him at the station with his gig. Oi, Gibbs, you heard. Leave it alone. They can't hang Simeon, you know, Constable. Crime of passion. That means an automatic acquittal. Isn't that true, Doctor? Mr. Gibbs, you're talking through your hat. That's France, if it's true anywhere. Has anyone told Wilfred? Where is he? A terse. Nine o'clock. He should be on his way up here towards the church. Well, I'll be... You're quite right. Here he is. Rector! Rector! 
Dr. Wensley, Father Brown, what has happened? Well, what are all these people? Now. Oh, I see. Oh, my God. Oh, God, have mercy on his soul. Come into the church, Wilfred, away from all these people. Well, I prayed for my brother's soul and sought forgiveness for his many sins. Yes. Yes, so have I. And for all who commit sins. His head has... I had no idea. It must have been an incredible blow. I mean, even for a man as strong as Simeon Barnes. Simeon Barnes? Are they accusing the blacksmith? Oh, no, 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 not him. It could never have been him, never. Why not? Why not? Why? Because he is nothing if not what they used to call a God-fearing man. His is a harsh, imperious, unforgiving Christianity, but... To him, the Ten Commandments are an iron law. He could never do this. But don't the Ten Commandments say, Thou shalt not commit adultery? They also say, Thou shalt not kill. How did Mrs. Barnes take the squire's death, Doctor? Well, that was the rum thing. She was in tears. Mm, yes. Not tears of grief, really. More hysterical. Oh. When she saw the corpse, she said, Devil, the devil. And then she muttered something I couldn't hear. And then, I swear, she went as if to spit on the body. Oh, what do you think of my brother's injuries, Father Brown? His, um, um, oh, I, well, I don't know. I, um, I know very little about, uh, well, I hardly saw But to tell you the truth, I, I was much more interested in the hammer. The hammer? Yes. Very small, didn't you think? And there's something else about it. I think so, at least. But the trouble is... I, I, I don't really know much about hammers, I'm afraid. Excuse me, gentlemen. Uh, yes, Constable? Uh, Inspector Stone from Ipswich. He's here. He'd like you all to come over to the blue ball. Wants to ask some questions. What's happening, Gibbs? Oh, I reckon he's balmy, that inspector. Ask me if Squire had any enemies. Do better ask if he had any friends, said I. Um, Father Brown? Uh, yes, Mr. Gibbs. Inspector, I'd like to see you next, sir. Uh, he's uh, through the back room. Yes, I'm so sorry. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Would you mind? So much. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Father Brown? Uh, yes, um, yes. Uh, um, fine. Uh, shut the door, Constable. You know Constable Barton? No, only yes, yes. Uh, I, I just, um, like to confirm, I do think. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, confirm some times. Yes. Uh, now, according to my records, yes. you pass through the blacksmith's yard, coming from the church at approximately 6.45 a.m. Yes, indeed. I'd like to confirm that the body was not there at the time. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. I'm sure I'd have noticed it. Uh, uh, Inspector, may I ask, what does Mr. Barnes look like? I don't rightly know, sir. What does he look like, Barton? Big fellow, sir. Red hair, cut short. Oh, that is interesting. That's very interesting. Did you, uh, did you see him this morning, sir? This morning? No, no, not this morning. No, no. No, through the window here. He's coming up the lane with two fellows I know from Bungie. That's him, sir. Quick, help the back way. Hey, Simeon, 
We'd like a word with you. What's going on here? I won't ask you, Mr. Barnes, whether you know anything about what has happened here. You're not bound to say. I hope you don't know and that you're able to prove it. But I must go through the proper form. Uh, Simeon Barnes, I arrest you in the name of His Majesty King Edward VII for the murder of Major Norman Ethelred St. Just Burderick. Is Major Burderick dead? Yes, I'm afraid he is. And he's damned. And did this dog die in his sins? Hey, moderate your language, Simeon. Moderate the Bible's language and I'll moderate mine. When did he die? He was alive at midnight, dead before eight this morning. God is good. Harass me if you wish, Mr. Inspector. But there are two men standing here, good tradesmen of Bungie, who'll swear that they saw me from before midnight till daybreak. And along after in a committee room of our revival mission in Bungie, which sits all night we save souls so fast. Many others, too, saw me. Yes, I can vouch for both these men from Bungay, Inspector. John Bordswell. Oh, morning, jo- Father. Oh, good morning, John. And Josiah Risby. I know uh, you both, don't I? Hey, you do, sir. <laughs> you do, Father Brown. And what are you doing here, sir? Well, I... Josiah Risby. You know this handmaiden of the Scarlet Woman. <clears throat> of course I do. Everyone in Bungay knows Father Brown, don't they, John? Shame on there, you, Josiah. And I thought you a Christian man. My dear fellow. I hope I've convinced you, Inspector. If you ask me, no fleshly power killed the Major. He who in the stillness smoked Sennacherib. He it were slew the great beast. And high time too, say I. Uh, That agent is outside my jurisdiction, Mr. Barnes. You are not outside his. See you to it. Mrs. Thurston, your beer is as good as your cooking. Thank you, Father. Wilfred, here's your drink. Oh, oh, thank you. Do you know, I can hardly believe it's so early. It's it's been a long morning. And we're further from the solution than ever. Ah, Father Brown. Yes. I've been thinking about what you said, you know. You know, the hammer being too small. Yes. Who would use a small hammer, I thought, with ten large hammers lying about? Only the kind of person that can't lift a large hammer, of course. Mm-hmm. A, a bold woman might commit ten murders with a light hammer, but she couldn't kill a cockroach with a heavy one. And, I mean, why do people always assume that the only person who hates a wife's lover is her husband? Nine times out of ten, the person who most hates the wife's lover is the wife herself. And who knows what insolence and treachery the squire had shown her. No, Dr. Wesley. Mrs. Barnes could not have killed my brother. No woman ever born could have done it. You haven't grasped the whole of it. He was wearing an iron helmet. The blow shattered it like broken glass. Well, I may be wrong. There are objections to everything. But I stick to the main point. No man but an idiot would pick up a little hammer if he could use a big hammer. What did you say? That was the word I was... That was the word I wanted. What did you say? I said no man but an idiot would... Exactly. No man but an idiot did. I was in church this morning. A madman came in to pray that poor Joe has been wrong all his life. God knows what he prayed, but it's not incredible to suppose that a lunatic would pray before killing a man. But why would he want to kill him? The motive? My 
brother was always cruelly teasing him. Or perhaps he'd see my brother with his brother's wife and felt he was defending the family honour in some way. By Jove, this is talking at last. Interesting. But, but don't you, How do you see? Don't you see this is the only theory that answers both riddles? The little hammer and the big blow. The smith might have struck the big blow, but he would not have chosen the little hammer. His wife might have chosen the little hammer, but could not have struck the blow. A madman, being mad, might have chosen the first thing that came to hand. Yes. And as for the big blow, well, have you never heard, Doctor, that a maniac in his paroxysm may have the strength of ten? Uh. Of course, Joe could never be prosecuted. If ever a man could plead insanity, it's poor mad Joe. By golly, I believe you've got it. What do you think, Father Brown? Well, you know, I think I prefer Simeon Barnes' idea that, what was it, no fleshly power was involved? But I don't understand, Father. Well, surely, Father, it has to be the lunatic. Oh, oh look at the time. I'm. Oh, excuse me, gentlemen, I must go. I have to, I have to be in church. It's nearly the sixth hour. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, perhaps when you've finished your office, I might come over and join you? Oh, yes, of course. Of course, Father Brown. What did he mean, the sixth hour? It's almost midday. Well, the monks started their day at six in the morning, hence they called midday the sixth hour, sext. It was their third office. And so you see, Father, although to a great extent we escaped the ravages of the Puritans, I've had to contend with the ravages of time. Yes, you've done wonders, Mr. Burdrick. Mrs. Thurston told me you were a handyman, but, but you're a carpenter, a craftsman. That's hard to tell which poppy heads are original and which ones are carved by you. Still, I suppose if a blacksmith can be a preacher, there's no reason why a clergyman shouldn't be a master carpenter. Well, I'm hardly the first. What? Oh, yes, indeed, <laughs> yes. I wonder, would it perhaps be possible to go up your famous tower? I'd like to see the view. As you wish, but be warned, it's a long haul. Oh, yes. Here. Oh, look at that. Might be a map of the world, mightn't it, down there? Yes. Yes. Do you come up here to pray, too, Mr. Burdrick? Yes, frequently. Mm. It all looks so tranquil from here, the village, the rich, flat farmlands. You can sometimes see the sea. Mm. That's the Smith's Yard, isn't it, immediately below? Yes. Do you know, there's a kind of titan energy in medieval architecture. It always seems to be rushing away. Seen from below, this church springs up like a fountain at the stars. And from here... It's more like a cataract pouring into a voiceless pit. Be careful of looking so sharply down. It can be disturbing. Yes. Yes, there's a monstrous disproportion. From below, this huge stone griffin. Yes, it looks quite small and harmless. But from here, it's like a great dragon stalking the fields. You know, heights were made to be looked at, not looked from. Yes, one may fall. One's soul may fall if one's body doesn't. I scarcely understand you. 
I think there's something rather dangerous about standing on these high places, even to pray. Father? Yes? You don't believe Mad Joe did it, do you? No. It would explain the small hammer. Yes. But we know he didn't do it, don't we? Joe would have used a blacksmith's hammer. A hammer used to work metal. But the weapon was a hammer of another kind. One used for working wood. A carpenter's hammer. Father Brown. You know, there was a man once who began by worshipping with others, kneeling on the floor before the altar, but who grew fond of high and lonely places to pray from. And in one of those dizzy places where the world seemed to turn under him like a wheel, his brain turned also, and he came to fancy he was God. It must seem easy to judge the world from up here, to believe it is given to you to strike down the sinner. You? Are you a devil? I am a man, and therefore have all devils in my heart. From here it all looks so simple, doesn't it? Whether you come up here to pray, or with a set of carpenter's tools to mend a wooden railing, to look down and see all men as insects, and to see one particular poisonous insect. How do you understand all this? It's so simple, not just to judge, but to execute sentence. For you have at hand, here, one of the awful engines of nature, gravitation, that mad and quickening rush by which all things of the earth fly back to her heart, the dreadful, unfleshly power of gravitation, whereby if dropped from a great height, even a small hammer would strike as a lethal bullet. Oh, no, 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 come back, come here. No, no, I, I will quite simply not allow you to jump. That door leads to hell. Now come down, down to earth with me. You're not yet far wrong, as assassins go. You would not allow the crime to be fixed on the smith or his wife. You tried to fix it on the imbecile who could not be punished. Come. Come away from these stone-carved angels and devils. Come down, down into the world of men. And when we reach the floor of the nave, I will leave you there at ground level to make your own decision. And then go your own way, as free as the wind. I will seal this with the seal of the confessional. Now, I've said my last word. <laughs>